You're listening to the weekly sermon podcast from Union Road Presbyterian Church. For more information, join us on Facebook or visit our website at unionroad.org.uk. Today we do finish our last of our four feasts that we've been looking at this month. And we end today with a feast of trumpets. And up on the screen is going to come a couple of verses from Leviticus 23 about the feast of the trumpets, where they're all instituted, if you like. So we've had the the booths and the Day of Atonement, which come after this. But let's read uh, the verses regarding the Feast of Trumpets. The Lord said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, On the first day of the seventh month, you are to have a day of rest, a sacred assembly commemorated with trumpet blasts. Do no regular work, but present an offering made to the Lord by fire. So this is the third autumn festival that we have looked at but in the Jewish calendar, it's the first festival of this, these autumn months, okay? So it's the first day of the seventh month, which would be like the new year. And then, so the first day of the seventh month is the day of trumpets. Then there's the day of atonement on the 10th day of the seventh month. And then the feast of booths on the 15th day, which then lasts for seven, eight days. And the feast of trumpets really is a really unusual day. He thought pitching up a tent and living outside was unusual for a week. The Feast of Trumpets is pretty unusual as well. Of course, trumpets, you could almost follow a trail of trumpets through the Bible, different stories where trumpets are used. But in Numbers chapter 10, uh, God gives the people instructions of how to use trumpets, believe it or not. So they're told to make two silver trumpets, and they were used for different reasons. And we could group them into three, if you like. They were used for announcements, okay? So at this time, when the people are in the, the camp of Israel, whenever two trumpets were used, it was calling everybody together. The whole community was to gather up together. If one was used, it was just calling the leaders. Okay, so it was used as an announcement or to, that they were ready to set off and go. The second use was to alarm. Whenever these trumpets were blasted, it knew it was an alert. They knew that maybe an enemy was incoming or they needed to retreat. And then finally, it's, as we've just sung, praise him on the trumpet. It was used for celebration or praise to God to be sounded in celebration or in victory after a battle. We all might be thinking that's a little bit strange and odd, but although we don't use trumpets for those things, we do use different noises, distinctive noises for each of those, don't we? You're lining up in your shop. Someone's bought enough groceries for a fortnight in front of you. There's not a better sound than bing, bong. Hill number three is now opening. I hate letting in case. It's lovely to hear that noise. There's an announcement being made. Or what about an alarm? Maybe your burglar alarm goes off in your shop or your home. You know that something, maybe it's a mouse, but maybe it's someone is in there that they shouldn't be in there. It lets us know it's an alarm to tell us. And of course, it's used in celebration from foghorns and football matches whenever the fans were there. But who could forget that if you're old enough to remember, the 2010 World Cup in South Africa, the carnival party atmosphere that was added to the atmosphere was these vuvuzelas that were incredibly loud, big long tubes that they blasted constantly. You could hardly hear the commentators over that really distinctive noise of celebration of a, of a party atmosphere. All, we all use different noises, a distinctive noise to let us know what is going on, to announce, to alarm, or to celebrate. And this Feast of the Trumpets is a well and truly unusual day. 
And well, what, what was it about? Well, our, this is going to be our first point today. What was it about the fanfare? It was about the fanfare. We all know what a fanfare is, but it's introducing someone important, maybe the president or the, Her Majesty the Queen if she arrives somewhere. And this day of trumpets was to be an exciting day, a day full of fanfare, if you like, a fanfare for God and to God for all the people to partake in. Those verses in Leviticus tell us that it's to be a memorial, a day to remember. It's to be a really special day, a day full of worship and of fanfare, and a really unusual day. See, it's the first day of this new year, and this year is celebrated the 18th to the 20th of September. And it's celebrated much different than our new year, isn't it? Our new year, some people might not bother, but some like to have a nice crack with friends, maybe playing some board games, having friends or family around. Some churches do have a watch night service to see the new year in. There's singing, there's fireworks. But maybe some of you, and it might be everybody's routine this year, is to sit on the couch and watch Jules Holland's Hootenanny, or whatever floats your boat. We all celebrate New Year in a different way. But God tells them how they are to celebrate this Feast of Trumpets, this New Year. And it's very different to how we would celebrate New Year. The first element we were told about, very obvious, is trumpet blasts. This day was to be a day full of trumpet blasts. Yes, they were used for other occasions and other days, but this feast of trumpets was to be trumpet blasts all day long. Can you imagine the noise? You couldn't escape in the streets of Jerusalem without the sound of trumpets reverberating around the whole city streets. Constant noise. You wouldn't be able to escape it or escape it at any point. And we'll come later to what the trumpets were for, what were they remembering and what was it pointing forward to? But the first thing of their fanfare, day of fanfare, was trumpet blasts. And we have sacrifices and we also have a day of rest or of no work. This day was to be a day of no normal work. It was a holy day, a holiday for them to rest in the hustle and bustle of life just at the end of their harvest season where that is so intense and hectic. They were to stop rest and celebrate God's goodness to them. This was a day of special focus to the Lord, just like another Sabbath day. But we need to put ourselves right in the Israelites' shoes in Leviticus 23, because where have they just come from? They've come from Egypt. Can you imagine the joy of God's people getting a rest day? What a special gift that is from the Lord. Because they had seen maybe family members beaten into the ground, worked to death, literally, Day after day after day, not a rest, not a moment. The sun was up, their nose was on the ground. What a special gift of a day it was the Lord gave them. A day of worship and rest. After all the slavery, God says to them, rest, stop, worship me. This day would turn out to be a day full of regulations and so on for the people. But these Lord's days, our Sundays, are to be restful and worshipful. It is really good to have a day of praise to God, a day with no work but with worship. But do we have a day like that? A day of no work and of worship? A day with no work where you're not catching up on emails or planning or thinking about the next advertising slogan that you might use? A day with no schoolwork for some? That Sunday night cramming session goes on to get ready for the next school week or university work, but a day where we join together with God's people 
or as the situation has it, at home around our screens. Because this is a day that is needed, is a day given to us by God, a day that is restful, a day that is one of spiritual renewal for us, a day that reminds us to shift our minds and our hearts and our focus off the during the week stuff that stresses us out so much and onto our Lord to remind us of his grace and his provision in his son Jesus. The Lord's Day, Sundays, are a day of worshiping God through the Son and his Spirit works in our hearts to renew us. Are you weary in some way, in a, maybe in a physical sense, you're tired, or in a spiritual one, you're tired and weary? Have you taken a, a day the Lord has instructed to us, a day of rest and of worship? Because the Lord day, Lord's Day refreshes us spiritually, it restores us. It is a day of worship and of rest, a day to enjoy our family and friends, our feasting and creation, all to the praise of God's glory. We need to have a day of rest, a day of no work, because it restores us spiritually and renews us physically. But during this day, it was a day of no rest, or a day of rest, of no work, and as these trumpets were being blown, in the temple was also read quite often Genesis 22. That's where Abraham's going to sacrifice Isaac to anticipate the final sacrifices as all sacrifices do. And that is the final element, element that the people celebrated and this fanfare to God. They sacrificed a day of rest and of sacrifice, of worship to God. Nothing was going on, no noise but trumpets, no, no worship but sacrifices. It was a, a truly a memorial day for God, a full day to begin the year of praise and worship. Everything stopped for this. And Numbers 29, it highlights, do you remember all the different sacrifices that happen each day? But for the Feast of Trumpets, it says, as the sacrifices are made to the Lord, they are a pleasing aroma to the Lord. You know, some people just love the smell of coffee in the morning. It gets them up and going or Maybe it's after a long day at work, you can smell the dinner as you come through the door, and that is good. Or more often than not, in the passenger seat on the way home from the chippy, the smell of chips is often a pleasing aroma to us. But with these sacrifices that God's people do, they are a pleasing aroma to God because God is pleased with them because in doing these sacrifices, it indicates their repentance. It, if performed properly, they are a pleasing aroma to the Lord that their sacrifice and their worship is genuine. And our day of worship today, we are to worship in spirit and in truth. Our worship is not just with our lips, but it's in our, our minds and our hearts as we engage in what we read, in what we sing, in what we pray together, in hearing God's word. All of our worship must be genuine and from our minds and our hearts it has to be genuine and true, and in that, it is a pleasing aroma to the Lord, as it were. So this fanfare of a day, there were blowing of trumpets, there were sacrifices, it was a day of rest, but what does it all mean? What was the Feast of Trumpets all about? Why did it, what did it remind the people of, and what does it point to? This is our, our second point today. What was that about, all about? It's about the mouthpiece, okay, the mouthpiece. Trumpets are used in Scripture at all for these different ways, alarm, announcement, and celebration. 
And we can maybe think of stories where trumpets were used. You can think of them walking around the walls of Jericho silently, and there's a trumpet blast and a shout. But the trumpets all point to really a one incident. It wasn't that one. It was whenever God spoke to his people in Exodus 19. In Exodus 19, the people are gathered around the foot of Sinai after a long blast of a ram's horn. And it gets louder and louder and louder. And the Lord descends on Mount Sinai. And whenever the Lord descends on Mount Sinai, as this trumpet blast gets louder, the people are utterly terrified and trembled. But it was announcing that the Lord was going to speak to them. It announced the Lord's arrival and that the Lord was going to use his mouth, if you like, his mouthpiece. It was a clear and loud trumpet sound that was pointing to remind them that the God did indeed speak to them. But it looks, it reminds the people of that, but it also looks forward to another mouthpiece because, well, the voice of Jesus is like a trumpet. In Revelation chapter 1, John has this vision, and on the Lord's day, he was in the Spirit, and behind me, behind me as John says, there was a loud voice like a trumpet. And then just a few chapters later, he says, he's standing before an open door to heaven, and there's a loud trumpet voice calling his name. The, the loud voice that John's, John's here is not literally a trumpet sound. Okay? He wasn't figuring out the notes to see what God was saying. It was like a trumpet. It was loud. It was clear. It was unmistakable whose voice it was, and it was Jesus' voice. It is the voice of the Lord of all creation that John hears. It is this sound that brings John's to attention, if you like, but what all he's about to see was all that he's spoken to him and shared. John knows it's truth because it's a voice like a trumpet. It is clear, it is loud, it is unmistakable whose voice it is. And this loud and clear voice spoke to John. It was Jesus' voice, and Jesus is God's mouthpiece. And for us today, it is God's word. His word is the mouthpiece for us. It is the loud and clear trumpet sound that God speaks to us, his people and others. And we need to listen to Jesus, listen to his loud and clear trumpet call and voice. Because it's a loud and clear trumpet sound that points out our sin through his word. It's a loud and clear, unmistakable trumpet sound that calls all people to repent and come to Jesus. It's a loud and clear trumpet sound that calls us to holy trust in Jesus, to follow his ways, announcing our sin, but showing us the good news of salvation in Jesus. It is all loud, it is clear, it is unmistakable that it is God's word to us. But have you opened your ears or taken your earplugs out, as it were? Because we all need to hear this trumpet sound of Christ's voice. The Bible is God's mouthpiece, God's word to us. God's voice is like a trumpet. His voice is what we should listen to. But we're also told in Scripture, in the passage Adam read to us, which we'll turn to now, that there will be a final blast. There will be a final blast. And there are many different passages of Scripture that point to this, that there will be a final blast. But just as Jesus' voice is unmistakable, that it is loud and it is clear, the final blast will be loud, clear, and unmistakable. Whenever you play a brass instrument like I do, or a woodwind instrument also, the valves will make the different notes on the instrument. 
But in that mouthpiece, you can use it to get different pitches. Okay, and that's called your embouchure, I'm told. It's used to describe the shape and position of your mouth in order to get the right note, a high note or a low note. And well, often my notes aren't right. They are very often mistakes. But the final trumpet blast will be unmistakable. You'll be able to figure out exactly what it is with the sound of that final trumpet. Because on that day or the day we die, there are no more opportunities to come to the Lord. The final trumpet blast marks the beginning of the end. But that final trumpet blast, there is hope because it will mean that there is life everlasting. And the final trumpet blast will mean that there is life everlasting. A few weeks ago, David reminded us that Christ's resurrection was the first fruits, and we too in Christ will rise. And again, Paul shares this truth with us in verse 52 of 1 Corinthians 15. In a flash, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, the trumpet will sound, the dead, those in Jesus, will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. The trumpet will sound, those in Christ will be raised. That day will come, and there will be a final resurrection of all God's people. It will be loud, clear, and unmistakable. But for all those in Jesus, it's a day of rejoicing. Because we who are perishable now will be made imperishable. We will have new bodies that will not get sore or tired or deteriorate or rot or decay. But we will have new bodies for all of eternity. We will be imperishable. We will be, you know, have immortality. We are mortal now, but we will have immortality in Christ because we have these, this life everlasting on the final day. And being in Christ means... What Paul says in verse 55, Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? Where is it? Because I'm going to be raised again. Yes, it will, death is, the sting of death is sore whenever we lose a loved one. But those in Jesus, there is no sting of death. There's no victory, or there's no, death does not have victory over us. We will experience it, yes, but there is a greater day coming, and this final blast comes where we'll be raised for everlasting life. That means we can rejoice and have joy like Paul does, but in verse 57, but thanks be to God, he gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, what hope that is for the believer, for us who trust in Jesus, that he gives us victory as we face the, the greatest trials of our days, seemingly or the greatest trials and troubles of our life. As God's people, we can remember the one Jesus who will give us victory over death. For all these things will seem immaterial and pointless because we will have new bodies and be rejoicing with fullness of joy with our Savior. When the final blast is sounded, God's people will be full of joy because there is life everlasting. There will be life everlasting at the final blast. But that also will mean that judgment is coming. With the beauty of those who are in Jesus and the hope that we have that Christ brings to us, on the other hand, there is this sobering truth of judgment. We all will be judged. Those in Christ will have life because Jesus is our representative. But those without Jesus, who are just flesh and blood, 
you represent yourself and you'll be found guilty and condemned. When the trumpet sounds, we know judgment is coming. Revelation 8 indicates there'll be more trumpet blasts to come that will bring judgment. When the final blast comes, there will be judgment for those who are enemies of Christ, those who are without Jesus. The final blast shows that judgment is coming. At that point, or at our death, it is all decided. If you're in Christ or without Christ, at that moment, that is it. And the final trumpet sounds, that is it. You know, for those who aren't Christian, do you know the, the lies that you might tell yourself that might keep Christians away or pastors away just to give yourself a little bit of breathing space or a bit of peace? putting off any decision, not thinking about these things, about following Jesus. Maybe saying, oh, there's time yet. I'll get round to it eventually. The final blast is coming. We cannot put it off. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. We need Jesus. It's only in him that we have life and life everlasting. The final judgment is coming and nothing will stand in the way of God's judgment. Nothing will slow it down in coming, so don't delay. Because the trumpet blast will sound. We will know it. We will hear it. And all people will know that in Christ there is life, and without Christ there will be strife and judgment. Do you know the way if you have a farm or you've been a teacher or maybe you've been working in the food industry or health and safety, there are these inspections that happen. And sometimes you do get... Uh, indication that people are coming, not if it's the COVID police apparently, but people will come and you'll get ready for their inspection. You're prepared for them coming to inspect you. But we don't know when Jesus is coming and we need to be prepared for that. We need to be ready for it. Ready for that inspection, if you like. The final blast will show that there's life everlasting it will also show that there is judgment coming, but in both of those things, we will see that King Jesus reigns. King Jesus reigns. All the doubters, all the people who go to us will know that Jesus will reign. All will see Jesus reigns and rules on high, that he is the victorious king. Because not only is he the victorious king, we are told in Revelation that he brings all he's called, all who is chosen, and all his faithful followers with him. See, King Jesus will reign, and he will bring all his people, all his army with him on the side of victory. Jesus will be our king whom we follow and serve forever. But without Jesus, he will still be king, but he will be the king that defeats us and, lead, and sends us to destruction. He is still king, but you're on the defeated side the end of time all God's people will be gathered in and we will be imperishable in Christ see that last trumpet sound it will be loud and it will be very clear it will be music sweet music to the ears of those who trust and believe in Jesus but for those who don't trust Jesus that final blast will be a cacophony of painful noise imagine a fork on a plate or nails dragging down a blackboard that is the noise that will come if you refuse to submit to King Jesus. It is eternal destruction or life everlasting. This feast of trumpets 
was a day of fanfare as they remembered that God spoke to them that there was a mouthpiece that also points forward to a final blast. And that final blast, it is used to announce that Jesus is coming, to announce that Jesus is king. It's the fanfare to announce his arrival, that he's going to gather and rule his kingdom forever. And for those outside of Jesus, it will be an alarm bringing judgment. But for those in Jesus, it will be a celebration bringing life everlasting. So it begs the question today, the final blast, that announcement of Christ's coming, is it a distinctive noise of alarm or of celebration? Let's pray. Father in heaven, we rejoice that in Jesus we have a king who rules over all things. That in Jesus we have life everlasting through faith. But Lord, in this one hand of this excitement of celebration with the final blast, Lord, we know in our hearts that are, we're greatly burdened by this alarm that might sound of those who are outside of Jesus. Father, our heart breaks. Lord, by your Spirit, will you work in all of our hearts that we might be able to hear that sound of celebration. Lord, we pray for our friends and family whom we love so dear. Lord, give us the urgency to, to tell them the good news of Jesus. May we be mouthpieces to proclaim God's word to them so that they might respond in spirit and in truth that they would hear the announcement of the coming Christ and respond with rejoicing and of celebration and not putting it off any longer. Father, bless us this day, this Lord's day, as we worship you. Lord, help us to be your disciples and your proclaimers. But Father, work in people's hearts that they might turn to Christ. For he is our only hope in life and in death. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.